Welcome to issue 47 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, and joining me is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Good evening. How are you? I'm well. And with us is Mike. Mike, how you doing? Hey, hey, I'm good. Glad to be here. Still on vacation, but uh, no, it's fun. It's fun. I got to actually prepare for this episode. What oh, does that even good. mean? I, I had time. I got to do a bunch <laughs> of reading, and we'll get there. We'll get there. Prepare? Huh. Interesting. I've Sounds got like stories to tell today. Oh, yeah, that's fascinating. But before we get to that, we have something else, don't we, Steve? Yeah, we have... Uh, a quote. We have, you know, Mustafa's legacy here. So uh, we've got a quote from one of my friends, uh, Game Night Group, Chris. So mm. let's give a listen. As for the end of the universe, I say let it come as it will, in ice, fire, or darkness. What did the universe ever do for me that I should mind its welfare? Quote from Randall Flagg from Stephen King's The Gunslinger. Whew! Oh, yeah. And that mention of elements is also apropos. Apropos, yes. We've got Randall (laughs) Flagg, we've got the elements. This is great. Oh, so good. So good. I have no idea if Chris listens to the show or not, but he hit it. Spot on. Yeah, thanks for that. He has a great voice. Nice and low. Yeah. Did he know he was being recorded when he sent that? He wasn't just monologuing. (laughs) He might have been. So, Mike, you said you'd done a bunch of, like, reading and prep work and stuff. What are you talking about? Oh, my goodness. Well, today we are going to discuss one Carl Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man. Oh. Second villain in the Rise of Red Skull box. We've got uh, an origin story for you. This is very exciting. All right. So, research for this comes from Black Bolt number 4, which was released in 2017, and also the original issues where we first meet Absorbing Man, that is Journey into Mystery with Thor, number 114-115, released in 1952. Does that make him our oldest villain? I don't know. What? How old is Vulture? Uh, Vulture is 1963. Holy moly. I mean, this seems like really old. 52? Yeah, it, it does. Now, I mean, yeah. here, here's a question I should have asked you nerds a long time ago. When you got the numbering on these things, like, so Journey into Mystery with Thor, number 114 to 115, what do those numbers actually represent? Is there Journey into Mystery with Thor, like, one through 100 and something, something? Or you are bet. These... You bet. Yep. Some yep. of these issues, some okay. of these uh, stories go on for, you know, hundreds of issues, and some are simply, like, nine or ten. Okay. And then one okay. run ends, and a new one starts with a slightly different name. And it can get really confusing sometimes. Just look at the year at the end, and that really helps find the issue. I yeah, see. the other okay. the other thing too they'll do is you'll have like Captain America number five and Captain America number five, volume two, right? So yeah. it's like a, it's a different year, it's a different volume. Okay. Oh yeah, and then like Guardians of the Galaxy around twenty fifteen, they've got the Guardians of the Galaxy line. Then they have the Star Lord line, which is going on at the same time, and the story kind of jumps back and forth. I mean, they're separate stories, but chronologically it jumps back and forth. Mm, so, okay. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> where were we? Okay, so... All that to say, he might be our oldest villain. He might be our oldest villain. 
Now, something that we've seen with a lot of our villains is that the backstory tends to come later, like after the 2000s. I think this is the era where we try to get a little deeper into the criminal psychology, turn these heroes into something mm -hmm. more than a beat stick, give them a backstory, give them a reason for being who they are. Sure. Whereas back in the 50s, it was, this is a cool power. Look at the look at the awesome stuff we can do with superhero comics. So sure. the, hence, you know, we have a 60 year gap between, you know, him being unveiled as the observing man versus when we actually see who Crusher Creel actually is. So Carl Crusher Creel. Okay, he was born Carl Creel. His, his parents certainly didn't give him the name Crusher. Uh, he grew up <laughs> in a fairly loving family. Uh, his mom was very loving, pushed him to excel, wanted him to accomplish something uh, until she died. Uh, extraordinarily young, uh, very tragic. Carl was you know, probably his early teens back then. So that had a big impact on his life, as did the fact that he did not live in the best of neighborhoods. After his mother's death, his father turned really mean, started drinking, started beating on him day after day. Carl pretty much took the beatings until he was 16, when he finally got the guts to punch back. And when his father sees what Carl has done, he realizes his kid's grown up. He is unable to dominate him any longer, so he kicks Carl out of the house. So Carl, at age of 16, is living on the rough streets. He starts taking refuge in a local gym, sometimes sleeping there, sometimes out on the streets. He's running with the rough crowds. He's just trying to survive. But as a release, gets into boxing. And that's where he first earns his nickname, Crusher. Uh, he is extremely intimidating in the ring. He has a lot of pent-up energy, a lot of pent-up rage, and he just lets loose in the ring. And there, in the comics, like the fear on his opponent's faces when they see who they're up against. I mean, this guy just goes all out. He is vicious. He loves to beat people up. And that's when he catches the eye of the local mob who decide to hire him as they see him as the perfect enforcer, mostly performing shakedowns uh, on those that owe the mob money. Unsurprisingly, he is arrested on charges of aggravated assault and extortion and sentenced to prison. While he is in the pen, he is subject to more brutal be beatings by his fellow inmates. I mean, before he was, he was the biggest man, right? He was punching people. But now in the pen, there's a lot of crazy, big, violent people there themselves. And he has to learn how to survive in this new realm. And he does. He learns the tricks of the trades. And eventually he's able to beat a couple people up and hold his own. And that brings us back in time to 1952, where the original story picks up. So that's a fairly like, I don't say mundane, but it's kind of a normal it's normal. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, like I, you, could, you could just see it, a kind of thing happen, right? That happens. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that, that's a big part of it, because I, I highlighted this series back in one of our little book reviews. This is the one that looks at the criminals as as people, not just as the bad guy. So they wanted to right. give him a backstory that was easy to at least identify with and believe. So this and maybe it's just what you chose to to spotlight here mike but this backstory doesn't really talk much about any power he possesses you're correct you're correct he does not have powers at this point he isn't born okay. with them okay all right now fascinating in marvel comics you have to suspend disbelief for a little to a certain extent right i mean to yeah. a big extent <laughs> okay <laughs> um reading this i felt this took that to a whole other level 
So this this journey into mystery. This, this journey into mystery. Try not to think about it too much. Um, if I could summarize this in one word, it is audacious. Not Ooh. only did someone come up with this, but they decided to write a story around this and publish it. And when you hear what it is, that it it's audacious. It really is. And you have to applaud it on some level. And on the other hand, just what really scratch your head a bit but it's fun <laughs> it was it was you know the era of the 50s and they had their fun comics but it's fun looking back at it now so let us uh zip away to loki's realm loki is sitting on his throne in contemplation watching thor wrapped in a heated battle through his molecular display he is uh what i mean whatever that means right it's a okay. 3d display thing so he's watching awesome. Thor and, you know, he, he's trying to cause trouble. He wants to bring Thor down. So he holds out his handheld space distorter, which of course he has, points it at the molecular display, and voila, a poisonous vial appears behind Thor, smashes and infects him, and Thor's weakened for a bit, but Thor is a superhero. So he prevails in his battle, and Loki is pissed off, right, because his plan failed. So he decides he's going to take a different tact. Rather than trying to uh, inhibit Thor, he's going to enhance somebody else to beat up Thor. So he, he quickly decides, okay, we're going to target this prisoner that he sees through his, his looking glass. This prisoner, oh yes, this guy hates society. This guy's, you know, beaten down. This guy's strong. He's going to be my new subject. So using his space distorter, he spikes Carl's beverage with this special potion. Uh, Carl, drinking this po this beverage, doesn't notice at first, but immediately feels the change within himself and seemingly understands his powers right away. He immediately gets up and says, I am breaking out and nobody's going to stop me. Prison cannot hold me anymore. Uh, the guards, of course, come rushing up to him. He picks up his ball and chain that he's known for and threatens them. Uh, they respond by pulling their guns and firing at him. And the bullets, as soon as they hit his skin, his skin turns to metal and they harmlessly bounce off him. Uh -huh. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So this yeah. is none of this now, slow reveal stuff. All right, quick quick question, Mike. Now, mm -hmm. is, is Creel an American? Oh, presumably, yes. All right, so Loki from Loki Land chooses this rando American prisoner. Yes. Okay. Well, Thor is on Earth at this time, pretending to be a dog. And everyone knows Earth is America. So. Well, yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the writers of the comics are in America. In, in 1950s Marvel. They're writing they comics about America. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, fine. Fine. Yeah, I know. Wait, I know. We do, answer the, we do answer our question, is somebody older than Absorbing Man? And it's Loki. Oh. Right? It must be. Because Loki. Must be. Must be. If he's already been dealing with Thor even one issue sooner, Loki's our oldest. Yeah. And one could argue that he dates back to, you know, the 700s. So there yeah. we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's pretty old. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this this goes right to the right to the fight. Right. So he, he breaks out of prison. Literally, he smashes through the walls and leaves. And he's able to remain largely undetected in the countryside. You know, the, the manhunt is on, but they can't find him. But he's got his ability to blend in with the scenery. And this, it's interesting to point out here that Omnimorph duplication, where he's, you know, blended in with, he's coming to uh, two elements at once. 
he's do- doing this in this episode. So they've established this power early on. Oh, right away. Mm. They they haven't they don't explicitly mention it, but I think in a couple frames they show him, you know, grass on his legs, or his hand is rock because it's touching a rock, that sort of thing. So uh, Thor catches wind of a reporter saying something about a supervillain escaping something. Thor has no idea what's going on. No idea. Remember, he's pretending to be a doctor at this point, and uh, I don't know, Jane's his assistant or something, and he decides, you know, to take off and and go investigate. So, um, after a long search, which lasts about one panel, he finds, he just stumbles, <laughs> he stumbles upon uh, <laughs> Carl Creel, and uh, they they begin a fight. You know, they do their, their usual grandstanding, and, and they fight. Uh, what quickly Thor comes to realize is that not only does Absorbing Man has have his powers, but Absorbing Man's ball and chain has his powers. So when he hits, he swings with his hammer and it hits the ball and chain, the ball and chain turn into his magic Thor hammer. Oh, yeah. okay. So he can match him blow for blow. Now, they do this thing where he like whips... He whips his chain, ball and chain around really fast, and Thor's hammer's moving around very fast. And it's it's kind of funny to watch because, you know, frame after frame, it looks like they're just spinning like tops. They're spinning these things <laughs> faster than the eye can see, you know, trading blow for blow, fighting for hours, just hours. And Thor, Thor can't do anything. I mean, he tries his lightning at some point, and his lightning power is absorbed and just thrown back at him. You know, he spins his hammer like a whirlwind, and, you know, Creel's spinning like a top, being like a, a whirlwind. It is, the visual is stunning. So... <laughs> After this, the reporter, for some reason, is, you know, still on the story and has a stick of dynamite on him. Like like all reporters do. Yeah, like all kit. reporters do. Throws it at Creel, which, of course, does Boom. nothing, right? But it blows up a bunch of cloud of dust. And this gives Thor an opportunity to escape. So. Ugh, coward. The coward. absorbing man oh. wins the fight. He defeats Thor. All right. Yeah. All right. Story over. No, of yeah, course not. Good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thor eventually returns to fight Creel. Creel has been holed up in this house in the countryside where he's bullied his way in and, you know, demands that the family make him food and that. Nice. The cops are closing in, right? Because they, they're tracking him. And luckily for them, Thor manages to beat them before they enter the door because, you know, if they enter the door, Crusher would just crush them all. So they have another fight. And it's. More, you know, hammer spinning and top spinning stuff, and it, it's fun. Thor this time is actually able to defeat Absorbing Man. How does he do this? Well, <laughs> we've already established that he spins his hammer fast, right? Yeah. So he spins it around really fast, really, really fast, to the point where it replicates the action of a cyclotron, thus creating helium which touches okay. Absorbing Man and causing him to turn into helium gas and float away into space. Mike, at this point, I have to say you made that up. <laughs> yeah, really? I, I did not make that up. Oh. I'm questioning, I'm actually questioning your science here, Mike. <laughs> now, and I'm only doing, I, I can't say I know what a cyclotron is. Maybe it does create helium. I, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm pulling all this from the comics. Um, um, like, it's... He turns into a helium balloon. Yeah. And floats out into space. Yeah. So why isn't he? So is he, is he there right the now? Time? Oh, oh, he eventually comes 
back like all great villains do. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, air at this point causes him to see suspend his disbelief. So just suspend it, right? A cyclotron is a type of compact particle accelerator yeah. which produces radioactive isotopes that can be used for imaging procedures. Blah yeah. blah 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 blah. You, you can oh, create helium with them, and so he does. That, okay. That's how fast. Nothing Steve, nothing Steve said just then says create helium. It's it's a byproduct. You can do that. You're making that up. The again. point is, is that he spins it so fast. <laughs> this is a power that Thor has. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. It's a pretty convenient power. It it is. Right? I I wish the Thor hero set had hammer spin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We're missing out. Yeah. We've got to make that custom card. That's right. Okay. So which then puts the puts a status card on a, a villain called called helium. Helium. <laughs> they just and, float off your table and you win. Yeah. <laughs> um wow. Observing man can't control his power. When something touches it, he is that material. Okay. Which is great from a defensive standpoint, because it means he can't be shot. But it also means that if someone decides to blast it with helium gas, he floats out into space. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could also, like, chuck Play-Doh at him or something, right? Like, you can do all sorts of fun things. I mean, he could have just blown on him, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Well, he's always touching... Yeah, I know, or... I know. Just... Okay. Just... So, it, it is what it, it is. Be, it, well, it's Loki's power, right? So, like, the stuff he was touching originally... Don't, doesn't don't. Affect him. He don't still wears clothes, there. right? He still wears clothes. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Oh, yeah, why doesn't he turn into denim? It's one of those yeah. things, like, why does Kitty Pride not phase out of her clothing when she phases through stuff? Like, it's just at a certain, you have to suspend disbelief to some extent. Fine, fine. We'll this let is, this go. This is weirder than normal. Alright, well, here's a question I have for you, then. Yeah. If Thor had such a tough time with him, why didn't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Maybe that's a conversation for next issue when we talk about him in the game but uh yeah uh, <laughs> in our game we just played there was only one minion and thor's deck is all about engaging minions so he probably would have had a hard time he would have had a really hard time yeah, yeah you're right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny stuff we've had some crazy stories guys on the show but that yeah that that's one of that my favorites be, that yeah, might like... be number one that audacious right audacious but someone... maybe in 1952, it was totally logical. I don't know. I don't know. I think someone had the, like, took some big cojones to print that. Well, were there drugs in the 50s? There were, right? Oh, yeah. They just didn't know they were drugs back then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so a couple other highlights. What a story. Thank you, Mike. We've already talked about the Absorbing Man in the past. He is one of the villains that was teleported to Battleworld, which you'll recall is made up of pieces of many planets, including at one point, Denver. Uh, see episode 20 for more on that. Oh, yeah. Titania's the planet, backstory. The planet of Denver. Yeah. He marries Titania. Which you already knew that, right? Because you, you listen to our show. That's okay. right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's... The, I couldn't top that, are, guys. Are they that's, still married? Yep, yeah, yeah, They they. It's an off and on sort of thing. For a oh. while, Titania is so obsessed with uh, being the best, being the strongest, that it deteriorates their relationship, but they get together in the end. Good. Yeah. Good. Now, we don't see Absorber Man in the MCU, but we do see him in uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, and his origin in that is dramatically different. <laughs> dramatically different. 
So he doesn't turn well, into healing. Well, that's too bad. He doesn't turn into healing, and Loki's not involved in any way. Some oh. science experiment gone wrong kind of thing. And he has to, he has to make himself, like, absorb a, an ability, right? Like, he has to touch concrete and force himself to become concrete, that kind of thing. Interesting. Fascinating. All right. Oh, I will point out the, the coolest thing he's ever turned into that I've seen, uh, Black Bolt's voice. Ooh. And Black Bolt's I'm voice. Not, I'm not like, even going to pretend to know what that means. Black Bolt's voice is uh, fatal. Okay. And yeah, he does awesome well, stuff with that. Well, let's talk about this guy in the game. Let's look at some cards. All right. Shall I start off with the, the big man himself? Yeah. All right. One, one, two, and three. Take it away. This is Absorbing Man. All right. Absorbing Man. Level one, the villain. He has the brute trait. Can't wait to see that developed. Absorbing Man gains the trait <laughs> of each environment in play. He has huh. 14 hit points per player. One scheme and two attack. His level two version, he has two <laughs> schemes, so he's gotten a bit of an upgrade. Two attack, he's still a brute. Absorbing man still gains the trait of each environment in play, but when revealed, his super absorbing power is in play. Deal one encounter card to each player. Otherwise, search the encounter deck and discard pile for super absorbing power and reveal it. Shuffle the encounter deck if it was searched this way. And he has mm. 15 hit points per player. Okay. And Absorbing Man 3, he now has an additional attack, so he's a 2-3, still a brute. Absorbing Man gains a trait of each environment in play, but now his scheme and attack both have a forced response with them. After Absorbing Man activates against you, if he has the ice or stone trait, place a threat on the main scheme. If he has the metal or wood trait, take one indirect damage, and he has 16 hit points per player. These are fascinating things. Yeah, right off but the bat. Boy, but boy, they sure require some other knowledge. For example, what's an environment? Yeah. What's super observing um, power? What is that? <laughs> um, so the questions I have about him or the thoughts I have about him require knowledge of the the, cent the centerpieces of his of his life. So let's. I said we keep going. Okay. Well, right. we have to pause and talk about how fast he is spinning his ball and chain around <laughs> in the arc. Wait a minute. It's so fast. Like, look at it. It is. It's, yes. I'm surprised he doesn't fly away like a helicopter. It, oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah I'm surprised he doesn't make his own helium. Yeah. And, and <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't look like he's absorbed any powers in this picture either. Like, he's just bare chest. Other, other than chest hair. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Chest hair. And abs. Hmm. Six pack. Maybe he touched the six pack. Yeah. He better be <laughs> careful, though. You're right, Mike. If he turns that into a cyclotron, he's doomed. He is. Well, notice he doesn't turn into ball and chain or, <laughs> right. or pants but yeah I, so, I i think he must have the ability to control that power at some degree at some version of his many iterations you know what i mean like there must be other versions where he decides it right well you look at his scheme super absorbing power which we'll talk about forthwith he's got all sorts of different things going on in his body there so that's good well steve why don't you tell us about his main scheme okay so his main scheme None shall pass. It, so he's one, Gandalf. 1A, yeah, almost, almost. Yeah. Uh, it, we're going to play with Absorber Man 1 and 2. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to play with his set. We're going to play with the standard encounter set and one modular encounter set, and they suggest Hydra Patrol. Nonsense. And the setup on it says, discard cards from the encounter deck until an environment is discarded. Put that card into play and shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. So you're going to start with an environment out, and then 1B has 12 threat per player. It 
starts with two threat per player and goes up by one threat per player and it has a forced response. After resolving step one of the villain phase, place one delay counter here. Forced interrupt. When an environment enters play, discard each other environment card in play. If the stage is completed from the, the players lose the game. Great, great. So let me tell you about his side scheme. Super absorbing power. Creel has the ability to absorb the properties of multiple elements at once, but it requires intense concentration. This allows him to gain the ice, metal, stone, and wood traits. Uh, it has a special boost icon, which is reveal this card. I love that. Again, I think we need to talk about all this all at once. So let's talk about these environments. What is an environment, Mike? What does that even mean? Okay, what does an environment mean? Well, it's a card that gets put into play. It has, there's four of them. They each have a different, well, environment on them. Metal, wood, stone, or ice. They, if you reveal them from the deck, they all have surge on them. And it, they immediately get put into play, kicking out whatever environment was there before it was revealed. And they all have a forced response that does something after Observing Man makes an undefended attack against you. So in the metal version, after Observing Man makes an undefended attack against you, discard one resource icon from your hand, or two resource icons instead if there are five or more delay counters on the main scheme. In the wood environment, after an undefended attack, you take one indirect damage, or two indirect damage instead if there are five or more delay counters on the main scheme. In the stone version, after Crusher beats on you, undefended, you heal a damage from him, or you heal two damage instead if there are five or more delay counters on the main scheme. And finally, there is Ice, where after the undefended attack, you place one threat on the main scheme, two threat instead if there are five or more delay counters on the main scheme. And of course, they and all have should... a special boost yeah. that say, put this card into play. Put it into play, yep. So cool. in practice, cool. these environments are jumping in and out of play and changing up what he does. And on the art, Steve, you noted something interesting about, about these environments. Yes. Each piece of art has a nice snowy scene on it, but only <laughs> the snowy hillside does he gain the ice trait. So, yeah. yeah. Actually, there's trees in all of them as well, so he could get the wood trait in any of them. Uh, true, true. Stop thinking yeah. about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that backstory has already made it, so we should stop thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yes. All right. Whenever you're so, like, I wonder why. No, nope, don't. Stop. Don't. So let's talk. Let's talk broad strokes about this. About this villain, he's fun to play against, and the the big idea of him is, is I think pretty cool. But I have a question. A lot of his cards reference like he gains the trait of each environment in play. Discard all other environments in play. Is there a way for him to have multiple environments in play? I don't see how. Nope. So is that future proofing? Possibly. Maybe. Okay. Because environments don't have to be part of the main set what if there's an environment as part of a, a modular set yeah i don't think we have that now but we that doesn't yeah, mean we, don't we have couldn't it. so let's look at how he functions as a whole right okay. when he's in play he's in play whichever version of him there is an environment out giving him a trait metal wood stone or ice and it affects how he attacks you if you don't defend against him and then when you get to the higher level version, uh, Observing Man level two, we get his side scheme out where he is all of them at the same time or super absorbing power. And that's really bad. Yeah. So then he has or all good of them. from our perspective. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then on top of the environment and what trait does he have, 
He's also putting out these delay counters. And when you hit the magic number of five delay counters, not, not per player, just five total or more, he ramps up. And we know in the campaign that we're, you're going to track however many delay counters he has, and that's going to impact you later down the road. But if you're just playing this outside of campaign, it just kind of ramps up the difficulty a little bit. So the longer yeah. you leave Krill out there, the stronger he becomes. Yes. And there is a card in his set that adds threat to the main scheme, depending on how many delay counters he has. So it's not something you want to sit on, even if you're playing this standalone. Right. Which I think is great design. Yeah. Absolutely great. Yeah. That he's a really fully functional standalone villain. I was worried at first, but I, you know, I was first reading about him, like, oh, these delay counters, how's that going to matter? And they just did a great job. Yep. So um, I'm a little bummed that his level three doesn't have four different forced responses. There's like, probably not enough room on the card. Yeah, of course there is. There's always room. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'm disappointed, like, uh, his level three doesn't allow him to have multiple environments in play or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Or yeah. some some other card out there that would let you keep environments out. So, looking at the one revealed on his second level, there is a certain power difference between revealing super absorbing power versus dealing one encounter card to each player. That could be really yeah. bad. You yeah, because you you could have just gotten rid of like super absorbing power if you're playing on standard could come out naturally, and then you're gonna three three threat for a player. You you peel it off, and then oh, it just comes back. Because you know you're going to flip him, so or you you don't want it to be sitting there when you flip to to two, right? Because you don't want right. those extra encounter cards. Yeah, so you want to you want to get rid of it. You want to, yeah, so that it comes back into play. And if you don't, hey, maybe you'll get dealt I don't know, a bunch of awful cards that you know that play off as multiple traits. He's a fun villain. Think, however, in the end, he's not super difficult. But I've you know, enjoyed even, playing even against an expert. him. Even on expert, he's not difficult, but he is always fun. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yep. don't play him with Hydra Patrol. Play him with anybody else. Hydra Patrol is kind of vanilla. Yep. I like Temporal or Anachronauts or something something like that. A little bit more flair. Yeah, you need those minions so that taking an undefended attack is more likely or something that at least has to, you have to think about. If he's the only one attacking you, like say you're playing Doomsday Chair and there's one minion in the whole encounter deck, you know you could just defend against Absorbing Man and not have to worry about it because there's only one minion out there. So, Or you give him an encounter deck that beefs him up. Like, right. Super big. But yeah, the fact that he has no friends in his deck is tough for him, I think. Yeah. And, and, and maybe he just doesn't have any friends and we should feel bad for him. He didn't absorb friendship, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the heroes get their, get their friends and lovers in their deck. How come he doesn't have Titania in his deck? Yeah, that's a miss there. <laughs> oh, critical encounters house rule. <laughs> yeah. Take Titania out of your She-Hulk deck and put her into Creel's deck. Yep. She gets immediately shuffled into Absorbing Man's deck. Hey, and that's that one that everyone can play. Ah, yeah. Red Skull and Corset, you can do that. Make a note. Write it down. Noted. <laughs> All right, well, that's his, um, that's his core stuff. I like it. I like it. I like how it works together. And again, he's fun to play. So if you stick around for part two, we'll go through the rest of his cards. But we are going to do a little segment here from the desk of J. Jonah Jameson. Good guy. Uh, really good guy. Yeah. That's where you should get all your news from. <laughs> Daniel, what do you have to tell us? Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but do you know that our 50th show is coming up? 
50. I, I did. Wow. You did know that? Well, oh. this is 47. And uh, so one can assume 50 is nearby. Nearby. Right. But, you know, back in the day when we started this, you know, 50 is a number. It's a dream. It's an idea. But no, it's happening. It's happening. So our 50th show is going to be like a one-year retrospective. We're going to do all sorts of fun things and giveaways and all that kind of stuff. Most importantly, Steve, you have created a survey that you've put all around the, the universe. Facebook, various Discord channels, be the show notes of this issue. So we encourage all you listeners, please take, take a few moments, click on that survey, fill it out. It'd be great to hear your thoughts and opinions on the game. You know where where the game is now, how you're how you're finding it, how much fun it is, all sorts of things. Want community involvement and would love to have your voice as part of the the end of year retrospective. The one year, the one year. How's it going? Yeah, so, and a, yeah. And a, look for and it. A, and as a thank you for filling out the survey, we have four sets of organized play alternate art cards that we're mm. going to give away. We've got Thor and his card, and Miss Marvel and her card. And Black Widow and her card. So, yeah, quite lovely. So, if you take the survey and you put your name in the contact area, we'll randomly draw four winners and we'll uh, send those out to you. If it is a overseas shipping, we're going to need to probably ask you a little help on the shipping <laughs> cost. But uh, U.S. and Canada, we're good to go. So, yeah, very exciting. The 50th show is going to be a lot of fun. We got some big ideas, some fun surprises. But speaking of things coming up, Mike. Oh, yes. Around the same time. Man, I think I like a week apart. We have the League of Cooperative Gaming Convention 2021, The Return of the Kang. This is nice. a, yeah, it's a middle of winter, beat the winter blues convention uh, taking place on Discord. Uh, the Discord link will be in the show notes later. The main shtick for this one is Lord of the Rings, Living Card Game, and Marvel Champions card game. There's going to be people from all over the community playing fun challenges, just gaming over the weekend of January 22nd to 24th. Open gaming, challenges, fun. Uh, I won't reveal too much yet. We'll give you a, a little sneak peek. Uh, we have the Council of 100 Kangs. Kennedy Hawk is putting this together, and Vardane, you put a lot of work into it as well. This is uh, inspired by the Council of 100 Kangs, where 100 of them got together to discuss the future of time and space. In this, there's going to be a custom deck created of 100 level 2 Kangs for the community to try and beat over the course of the three days. And all these Kangs are taken from pop culture, like Chewbacca. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know yeah. if, if Tiger Kang is in there, but stuff like there's that. There's the Lion Kang. The Lion Kang. <laughs> uh, uh, it looks yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah, we've tried to uh, integrate other FFG ips you know lord of the rings arkham horror that sort of thing pop culture references uh, other games like that so there it should be pretty fun uh, and the hope is that the community can beat all 100 kangs over the weekend oh yeah. that's exciting so it is a fun friendly open gaming space uh, have fun with your friends meet people cross pollinate with lord of the rings community because a lot of the people play the same games and just have fun so january 22nd to 24th just hop on the Discord server. There's a little registration desk here. You just type something in and you're you're good to go. It is free, 100% free. We're just trying to get people together, keep people busy and entertained while we wait out this this pandemic that's upon us. Ugh, 
Yes. Might as well have some fun if we can. I I see no reason not to. Yeah. Right? I agree. Well, let me tell you where our secret lair is, everybody. Now, perhaps you have a favorite material you'd like to turn into. Well, please tell us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. You can also find us as Critical Encounters on Facebook. On Discord, we are Vardane, Wandering Toque, and Big Foam Loaf. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Mike, take us out. You know, I beat Thor once. Picture that. Crusher Creel standing over the God of Thunder. And you think you scare me? 